0: Welcome, and thank you for downloading Movement Christian Church's sermon podcast. Here at Movement, we are passionate about God's Word and helping each other move closer to God. Thank you for choosing to grow with us today. And now, here's our lead minister, Bobby Wallace. Um, We are doing this new series, Letters from My Future Self. And to sort of get our minds in the right mindset, uh, I asked a question on social media a month or so ago. Uh, Just randomly said, If you could go back and tell your younger self some words of advice, what would it be? And there were some funny ones, there were some really good ones. And so that's sort of the mindset we want you to be thinking about. If you could go back. And you could tell your younger self, hey, this is something you need to be thinking about. This is something you need to be looking out for. Somebody did the whole, uh, was it back to the future and took this, said, I'm going to take the sports almanac back to myself and they can bet. Uh, shame, 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 shame. Um, that would be bad. But, uh, anyway, I was thinking about what would I do? What would I tell younger Bobby if I could go back and send a message or say something? Um, one of the things I would say is, don't go back to your best friend's house who lived two doors down and not let them know you're coming because they had a collie that had had puppies and that mama was very territorial and that mama bit me on the butt. All right. So that's bad. That's bad. I would want to spare myself of that. But what came next was far much worse than getting bit on the butt Uh, My friend's mom, she was an EMT And so like she went into EMT mode And there in the middle of the yard With a bunch of people around Just pulled my pants down in front of everybody Six year old Bobby Just, I mean I was like The dog was like You know, I mean, it was bad. It was just, I mean, I still think about it this day. Six years old, and she just like yanks my pants down, starts working on the wound on my butt. And I would have rather been bit by four dogs than have my pants yanked down. But anyway, it is what it is. But I would go back and say, don't go in the yard unannounced, right? Um, Another thing I would say is don't go back, uh, or excuse me, don't go... And quit eighth grade basketball. It was my first like organized basketball time, and this coach came in with uh, what we called them in our area was we called them Pamlico Beach Reeboks. There were these white rubber crab boots, and he walks in. The coach walks into practice with those boots on like this, and I'm like, "What in the world is this crap?" Oh, excuse me. This (laughs) sorry. Being real, that's what I said. Uh, But, uh, man, that threw me off, and y'all look stunned. I said, uh, what in the world is all this mess? And then he made us do these crazy exercises I thought had nothing to do with basketball. So I didn't go back. And I regret it, because I was was pretty good at basketball. I love basketball. I wish I'd have stuck with it. And then I would tell myself, there's a little uh, bit, no, not a little bit, a lot better girl waiting for you. There's a lot better girl waiting for you than some of the ones that I spent my time with. They probably would have said the same thing to their younger self about me, but hey, it's okay. Um, But I would have told myself, just wait, there's a really awesome woman who's coming down the road and she's going to be the one for you. But the real thing that we're going to kick off today with is what would we tell our younger selves or what would our future self come back and tell us? Because here's the hook. You might think, well, okay, I could go back and I could tell my younger self something, but what about me? But the good news is, is no matter what's going on, as long as you've got, everybody feel this right here, as long as you've got a pulse, as long as you've got breath in your lungs, there's always a hope for change. You know that? I hope you know it. Some of you probably really don't believe that there's hope for you. You're like, you know, I've made it this far, this is who I am, I'm stuck this way, it's all ingrained, and yeah, it might be difficult, but there's hope for you to get stronger, to get better, to get more focused on God, and so today, the first thing that we're going to talk about, we're going to tell, our future self is going to tell us, is worry doesn't work worry doesn't work a lot of us invest a lot of mental energy and time and being a worrier and we have anxiety and anxiety just runs rampant and i looked up a few statistics and here's one this is from 2020 keep in mind 2020 62 percent of respondents to the survey reported experiencing some degree of anxiety And then 2020, 2021, and 2022 came in and said, hold my adult beverage, right? I bet that number is a lot higher than that now. It's much higher than 62%. Um, In March of the year 22, about a year ago, uh, the World Health Organization did a survey, and they said that there had been a 25% increase in anxiety and depression since the beginning of the pandemic. And then it was said, guess what year this was, 2020? An estimated 31% of adults will experience an anxiety disorder at some point in their life. And that came from a study from the Anxiety and Depression Association of America in 2020. I bet those numbers are higher too, don't you think? It's just, it runs rampant, and it causes so much heartache, so whether you would describe what you feel and what you go through as anxiety or worry, those things, too, they go hand in hand, because anxiety is just simply being anxious, worrying about things that are going on, and the Scripture speaks really clearly, and a lot of if you've been around church for a little bit, you can probably think of verses, you know, you've got a good idea about what they say, and the Bible says, you know, do not worry. It's pretty explicitly clear what it says, and it talks about don't be anxious for anything and we're going to look at that scripture but I want us to dig a little bit deeper but here's a couple of just quotes from the world that I think are really true though that I think can help us get our frame of mind in the right place because the honesty thing the honest true thing is this is that worry and anxiety are two of the most overwhelming just overarching issues in our world today they cause so many other things here's one idea Worrying doesn't take away tomorrow's troubles, it takes away today's peace. That, that's true. That is as true as it can be. That's not necessarily straight from Scripture, that's just a, an idea that somebody took, I think, based from Scripture to share with us, but I, I want you to remember that. Worrying doesn't take away tomorrow's troubles, it takes away today's peace. So not only are you worried about something that has not happened yet, you ruin your day today. And there's a good chance you probably ruin it for a lot of people around you because you're just so in your head. Well, here's another one: Worrying won't stop the bad from happening. It just keeps you from enjoying the good, and that's that's true and it's powerful. And I stand up here today, and uh, I am somebody that I, I'm. I'm a, I'm a weird person, and all y'all say amen if you know me, um, but I, I've been a worrier for a lot of my life. I never really describe myself as having what, you know, what we call modernly anxiety, you know, where it comes out in like the way that I feel, like my skin doesn't crawl. I know there's a billion different ways that that sort of manifests itself in people, but I never describe myself as that, but I'm telling you what, um, and you've heard me say this if you've been here more than a couple of times, you've probably heard me say, when I'm getting ready to preach about something, it almost seems like I'm going to be affected by it, so this week, guess what I was doing. I was worrying, I was worrying, I was worrying about anything and everything that could come down the pipe. And it just sort of hit me. I want to go ahead and warn you guys if I ever get ready to preach about stealing, you got to watch out for your rims and your flat screen TVs because I might be crawling in your window at night. I I don't know. I'm just, hopefully I won't do that. Well, y'all are a tough crowd today. Y'all know that? Y'all know that? Don't even give me nothing. Don't give me nothing. I'll steal it. I'll steal it. Anyway. Thank you. I appreciate the fake laugh. Got to work on. But here's the thing. Matthew chapter 6, verse 25. Therefore, I tell you, who's the you? Us. Who's the one telling? Jesus. All right. Therefore, I tell you, do not be anxious about your life, what you will eat or what you will drink, nor about your body, what you will put on. Is not life more than food and the body more than clothing? Look at the birds of the air. They neither sow nor reap nor gather into barns, and yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not of more value than they? Everybody hear that? Now, if you've been around church for a little bit, you've probably heard this verse many times over, and if you haven't, that's okay too. But if you've heard it, you probably, if you're struggling with worry, you probably don't process that part of it very well. You are more important than even these birds, and God takes care of every need of the birds, but you're more important. Remind yourself of that. Hearing K- on in verse uh, 27. And which of you, by being anxious, can add a single hour to his span of life? Studies show, uh, medically, that you might take away some hours from your life from worrying. You know, you can't add one, but you might take away some, isn't that? Scary? You know? So there's a reason we need to stop this. Look at verse 28 with me. And why are you anxious about clothing? Consider the lilies of the field, how they grow. They neither toil nor spin. Yet I tell you, even Solomon in all his glory was not arrayed like one of these. But if God so clothes the grass of the field, which today is alive and tomorrow is thrown into the oven, will he not much more clothe you, O you of little faith?" Therefore, do not be anxious, saying, what shall we eat or what shall we drink or what shall we wear? For the Gentiles seek after all these things and your heavenly Father knows that you need them all. I've got this one little phrase that I want us to think about for just a second. show it on the screen here. What you worry about the most is where you trust God the least. I don't say that standing up here looking down at you pointing my finger. I say that is that's something all of us have to own. I, I've got to own that and I was wrestling with that a lot this week is that what I worry about, what you worry about, what we worry about the most is where we trust God the least. And so, you know, if, if it's finances, if it's your relationship, if it's, you know, your status in the world or, you know, you fill in the blank. What you worry about the most if it's your kids is where you trust God the least it could be money it could be relationships it could be success it could be health it could be your kids it could be your spouse it could be are you going to have a spouse I mean it could be anything but whatever you are struggling to worry about the most is where you trust God the least and no matter it doesn't matter what causes your worry what causes your anxiety the result is the same all right everybody in here it's stealing your joy from life most of you probably know that but some of you might have been going through life thinking why am i just not happy and you didn't realize that you're the one that's worrying and causing a lot of that i'm not saying this to beat you down i'm just hoping to shine the light on a thing that's maybe causing you trouble because it's been causing me trouble You know, I've been the one who's causing a lot of my issues, worrying about things that I cannot control. And the worst thing, as we said, is some of them, many of them, have not what even happened yet. And we got to understand that no matter what causes our anxiety, the result is the same: it's stealing our joy and it's keeping us from being all that God is calling us to be. You know, um, here's the thing. A lot of times we feel like that worry and anxiety is, uh, forgive the explanation or the, the phrase, but a victimless crime. That's not true, is it? It's hurting ourselves. It's hurting our relationship with God. And believe it or not, if it gets bad enough, it's hurting our relationship with other people. Because when it gets bad enough, and I've been there, I have been there. I was a little bit there this week. I, when I was so in my head about worrying about different things, I was lashing out. It was coming out sideways, my frustration and my worry, and people would be talking about something totally different, but I would overflow on them. We have to understand that it affects a lot of us. There's a story in the Bible from the Old Testament, and we're not going to spend a lot of time uh, reading that passage, but it's about uh, a woman and another woman named Ruth and Naomi. Very uh, powerful story. Uh, Naomi was a a woman who had her husband, and she had two sons, and they end up going to the land of Moab, and their two sons get married to two Moabite women, which were not Jewish women, and uh, all of a sudden her husband dies, and then her sons die, leaving all three women widowed. Ruth was one of those daughter-in-laws, and uh, they're trying to figure out what to do. Now, for those of us, that's a tragic story, right, In, in 2023. But in that time, it was a terrifying story because they needed to make sure that someone could keep them from starving to death because it was a very, very, very different culture at that time. And so the prospects for widows were a difficult thing and it was a terrifying thing. And so Naomi, with all good intentions, just tells her two daughter-in-laws, they're still pretty young, says, go, go back to your families. You know, hopefully maybe you can find somebody that can, uh, you know, you can get married and you can have a good life. Don't worry about me. I'm going to try to go back home. And the the uh, Ruth, the, the daughter-in-law, She says, I want to go with you, because she had grown to love this woman. And and so she ultimately tells her, I'm I'm paraphrasing here, but she says, I'm going to go where you're going to go. Your people are going to be my people, and your God is going to be my God. And and I love that. It's such a a faith-filled thing, and it strikes me as funny, this, this Jewish woman Naomi the one who knew the one true God for some reason and it was very prominent in that time in that culture you know a Jewish person did not think about a a Gentile really being able to be a part of God's family but still regardless she didn't have I guess enough faith to see that God was big enough to also include Ruth you know She didn't see that God would accept her too, but Ruth knew. She had the idea, and she said, I want to go with you. Your God's going to be my God, and I love that she had the faith, even though Naomi didn't. She was worried about so much, and she was trying to fix it, and she said, here's my solution, but Ruth had some small glimpse that God had a better solution. And and I'm not going to go into the details. I encourage you to go back and read the book of Ruth, and you can see I will give you one quick highlight, is that for her following Naomi, going back to her homeland, and getting to know the one true God, Yahweh, guess who gets to be in the lineage of Jesus? Ruth. She gets to be there. And she gets to be a part of the, the 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 family, the ancestral family that brings about Jesus many, many years later. And so here's the first idea that I want us to wrap our minds around so that we can understand that worry does not work. Trust God. <gasps> I know that you guys were never expecting that. <laughs> Some of you are like, that's so simple. Then do it. Trust God. You know, I need my phone or whatever to see myself. Selfie camera. Trust God. We need to trust God. It does not just need to be a maxim or a word or a bumper sticker or a t-shirt. We need to learn to trust God in everything in our lives. And what it says in Proverbs chapter 3, verse 5 and 6 is this, Trust in the Lord with all your heart, and lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways, submit to Him, and He will make your path straight. Now, more than ever, it's not a new modern problem, but just as much or more than ever, we do not understand the depth of what they're saying. Trust in the Lord with three-fifths of your heart. Trust in the Lord with half of your heart. Trust in the Lord with nine-tenths of your heart. That's more, isn't that more how we sort of live it? Yeah. Yeah. We, we, we struggle with saying, okay, God, I'm going to trust you. I'm going to trust you with everything, well, except for that one thing. I'm going to trust you with all of it, but I need to handle this. And when I say it like this, it seems ridiculous, but if you got a 30,000-foot view of your life, how many of us would be guilty of doing just those kind of things? God, I'm giving all of it to you except this back here. God, you didn't see what I did. I'm quick. Rabbit. That's what we think. We think we're some sort of spiritual magician that can fake and hide, hide things from God. But it says, trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. Can I pause right there for just a quick second? How many of us think we are not just the smartest person in the room, we're the smartest person in the world? We do. We think we are the smartest person in the world. But lean not on your own understanding, because Scripture also tells us that the heart, you know, the idea of the mind and what we think of and what we desire and what we want, the heart is deceitful above all things. We don't know as much as we think we know. And we get ourselves in trouble time and time again. Well, the heart wants what the heart wants. But guess what? The heart's kind of an idiot sometimes. We will lie to ourselves and we'll confuse ourselves. Lean not on your own understanding, but in all your ways submit to him, and he will make your path straight. Trust in God, all your ways, every area of your life. We, we have this idea or this, this, this way of thinking you know, that's where our worry comes from, because we don't know the way to submit to God. And, and we think we know more than God, and we're like, you know, I'll handle this, God. I know you're busy. You got a lot of things going on. Or some of us think that God doesn't care. And you're like, I care about this, so I'm going to hold on to this. I got it. All your ways, every area of your life. You know, it, it seems like Naomi may have missed that idea that God was big enough to take care of not only her, but her, her daughter's-in-law. And, and as we said, God, his love is bigger than our borders, you know? And, and she didn't understand that yet, and to her credit, and nobody else really did either. But I want you to realize this, too, is that that statement god is bigger than our borders is still true but it's not just national borders it's spiritual borders right god is bigger than all of our little boxes that we can put him in or try to keep him out of his love and his understanding and his wisdom is bigger than anything that we've got there's no area in my life in your life that god cannot take care of and here's the big thing i want you to get that god does not care about you hear that There's no area in your life that God does not care about. There's no topic, there's no issue that's too small or too great that God doesn't care about and that He can help with. He can absolutely help with them all. So when we feel anxious or worried, we can remind ourselves of this truth and pray for the strength to trust in Him. The next idea that we get from Scripture about how to understand that worry doesn't work and to try to get some of it out of our lives is seek the kingdom first. Seek the kingdom of God first. Look at Matthew chapter 6 verse 33. This is the sort of the end statement of what we read earlier in the service. But seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things will be added to you. Therefore, do not be anxious about tomorrow, for tomorrow will be anxious for itself, sufficient for the day is its own trouble. You know, we we read earlier about how, you know, the birds are taken care of, and the flowers are taken care of, and that we don't need to worry. And he says, you seek first, you know? You know, he talks about at the end of that, he says, the pagans chase after these things. The people that don't know God, they chase after food and money and fulfillment and all this sort of stuff, and they worry, 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 worry. He says, but the you is implied, right? but you seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be added to you. Therefore, do not be anxious about tomorrow. There's plenty of anxiousness and worry for that by itself, but here's the thing. Sufficient for the day is its own trouble. There's enough to do today. Focus on what you can do today. Here's the way I want you to think about this. If you and I prioritize our relationship with God, we put it first above all other things. We can understand that he's going to provide all our needs. Here's what happens. Most of our issues with worry come from a role reversal. We go around thinking that we're God and God is not God. But guess what? This is very simple. But God is God. And I am not. God is God and you are not. And most of our worry comes from a role reversal. We think that we've got to do and play and and fulfill the part of God, but we are not God, and He is. And so here's, if if I could just get you to pound this into your brain, because that's what it's really going to take. I mean, most of you know that idea. You know that, but we've got to just ingrain it, ingrain it, ingrain it into the neural pathways of our brain so it starts to come out in our actions, a change in our mind, which is repentance, that leads to a change in action is that let God be God and you be you. Let God be God and let you be you. The kingdom belonging to God. It says, seek first whose? The kingdom of God. It belongs to Him. His kingdom, His righteousness. If you focus on His kingdom, it gives you less time to worry about your little kingdom. You know, if you focus on his kingdom, it gives you less time to worry and focus about your little kingdom. And your little kingdom doesn't seem so big anymore. So here's what I want you to do practically. I want you to think about something. What's one area of your life that you can become more kingdom minded? Because it's easy to say, oh, yeah, I want to be more kingdom minded and then leave here. and Nothing changes, right? But what's one thing that you can do to become more kingdom-minded? I'll give you one just to go ahead and kind of get the pump going and prime the pump here a little bit. We talk about from time to time, we hadn't talked about in a little while, but we talk about the idea of praying for your one here. This is something a lot of churches do, but I want to encourage you to think about that. What we mean when we say pray for your one is I want you to be praying for one person specifically that you want to see come to know Jesus. And I want you to be praying for ways that you can figure out how can I reach out to them, how can I show them the love of Jesus, how can I be an example to them. But it's also another thing. We want you to pray for one opportunity every single day how you can just show the love of Jesus to anybody and everybody you meet one opportunity the opportunities are there but pray that you could see them and you could show the love of Jesus to somebody at least one person even if it's a stranger even if you never see him again so pray for one person specifically every day that you that your that's your focus that one person and then pray for one opportunity every single day to show the love of Jesus that can make us more kingdom minded because when you focus on the kingdom of God first your worries will start to lose their power. You know that? If you're focusing on God's kingdom first instead of your kingdom, those things will start to lose their power. There's an old hymn that I grew up hearing when I grew up in church. And it says, Turn your eyes upon Jesus. Look full in His wonderful face, and the things of earth will grow strangely dim in the light of His glory and grace. When you're focused on Jesus and his kingdom first, everything else sort of fades away. Cast your cares on God. That's the next thing. Cast your cares on God. 1 Peter chapter 5, verse 6 and 7 says this, Humble yourselves, therefore, under the mighty hand of God, so that at the proper time he may exalt you. Casting all your anxieties on him because he cares for you. You see, we can bring all of our worries, all of our cares, all of our fears to God knowing that He cares for you. And maybe you grew up in a way in a church, or maybe you never went to church, and the idea that God cares for you was sort of mind-boggling. God cares for you. He cares for you. Can I, I can't say it enough because i got to break through my hard-headedness. i got to break through some of your—you're not hard-headed. You're just a little bit stubborn, you know. But I want you to hear that God cares for you, too. Not just the good people. The Bible tells us there are no what? Good people. God cares for each and every one of us, and we need to do that. But the key to unlocking that is, what's that word or part of that word that started things off? Humble. Humility. Humility is the key. You see, when we focus on worry... A lot of times what we're doing is we're playing the victim. I know this is not a fun thing for me to say because I see y'all's looks at me. But I'm just as guilty. When we're focused on worry, we're playing the victim, and we just think, oh, I'm the victim. What was me? Life is so tough, and it might be tough. I'm not making light of it. I'm not making light of it all, but we can focus on that, and that becomes our identity because pride is at play when we aren't trusting God enough to give him our anxieties and let him keep them. We've got to stop being so prideful. Stop taking them back. Because that's what we do, right? You know, even if we've got really good intentions, we say, okay, I've got this worry. I'm going to take it out of me, and I'm going to say, okay, God, here you go. And then we're like, all right, God, I'm good. And then you're like, he had not picked that up yet. All right, I got this. Oh, okay, God, I know. I'm supposed to put this back. This, this is yours, God. I leave it at your feet. That's my worries. That's my fears. All right. You need me to get that, God? I know you're busy. Open up, take a little bit out. Leave the rest. All right, God, that's what we do, right? That's what we do. We say I I trust you, but we have a problem with our humility, and we think I've got to be God. I know I've said this similar early, but I know it's a huge factor in my problem and your problem. Is we need to trust that God is God, and we are not. And then there's one more idea that I believe will help us start to defeat worry. Practice gratitude. Practice gratitude. Philippians chapter four, verses six and seven. Read along with me. It says, do not be anxious about except your issue. That's the way we read it a lot of times. You just don't know my schedule. You don't know my life. You don't know what I've got going on. So I'll be be anxious for nothing except this. But that's not what it says. Be anxious. Do not be anxious about anything but in... Everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving let your requests be made known to God and the peace of God which surpasses all understanding will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus we are to be anxious for nothing nothing and, and here's what it is we want peace how many of you have ever prayed for God to give you peace in your heart some of you are afraid to say that you think it's like the patience thing don't pray for patience right But we have prayed for peace. I've prayed for peace, but I did not do what the Scripture says so that I could have peace. And maybe you fall in that same trap. It's like, God, I want peace, but I'm going to keep worrying until the day that I die. Even if it does get sped up 10 years because I worry so much. I'm going to worry, I'm going to worry, I'm going to worry. I've got to handle this. I've got to do this. But he talks about, he says, in everything by prayer, you know, generally talking to God, but also the supplication, the things that you ask for, along with thanksgiving. So many times in my life, and maybe you can relate, I have not been able to get my eyes off of my worries because I didn't stop and look around and see all the good things that I already had. I did not have enough of an attitude of thanksgiving and gratitude. We cannot, or excuse me, we can combat anxiety by focusing on what we're thankful for and expressing gratitude to God. When you start to feel anxious, take some time to reflect on the good things in your life and thank God for His blessings, practice gratitude. Truth is, it doesn't happen naturally for a lot of us. Um, I, I'm a big basketball fan, and uh, I remember back you know, in the what, early 2000s or whatever, a guy by the name of Allen Iverson. Anybody know who Allen Iverson is? He's one of the most talented basketball players that ever played a game. Just super talented guy. And there was this big deal where he's at a press conference, and he had been skipping practice, and he goes into this long rant. It's like, practice? We're talking about practice? You know, he just goes on and on. He's like, not a game, not a game. We're talking about practice? And I love to watch AI play. But you know what? With all of his talent, you know what he never did? He never won a championship. Maybe we should have talked about practice. And the thing is, is that we have to practice generosity. It will not happen naturally. Or excuse me, uh, that too. Gratitude and generosity. It will not happen naturally. We have to practice it. We have to work on it. We have to ingrain it into our daily lives to stop and be thankful. How many of you, when you've been worried about something and you, you remembered this idea, okay, I need to be thankful, and you stopped and you had this idea, I don't have anything to be thankful for liars. Y'all never felt that? But then you wake up, right? Then you hopefully realize I'm not being honest here. I've got so much to be thankful for. And this may sound cheesy, and I've already sort of alluded to this a little bit, but you got breath in your lungs. I have a good friend from a previous ministry that just this past week, she was on her way to work early one morning and a car crossed the center line and hit her head on. Thank God she is still alive, but she's got multiple, I mean multiple, fractures and injuries. Multiple surgeries. Months of recovery that's going to take place. We never know. Just When you walk, it might hurt, but praise God, you can walk, right? Or if you've got some other issue, praise God that you've got something else that's good. Take time to practice gratitude and be thankful. Do you know what we are if we're not grateful? I knew nobody was going to want to say it. If we're not grateful, that means that we are... Nobody wants to say that. Everybody wants to pretend, me included, that there's a middle ground, right? Well, I'm not grateful, but I'm like this. I'm not ungrateful. That's just dirty. You know, that's, a, that's bad. I'm, I'm, not, I'm not quite grateful. I'm, I'm whatever this is. You know why it's hard to define whatever this is? Because it doesn't exist. (laughs) You're either grateful or you are. And everybody say it. I'm going to wait. Ungrateful. We're either grateful or we're ungrateful. And we need to pound that into our brains and practice it and change it and allow ourselves to become grateful for what we have, even though we may have a lot of things that are not things we're thankful for. There's so much to be grateful for. And that's why we're seldom at peace until we get to that point. So practice gratitude. We recently had a a series called Nothing Changes If Nothing Changes. And I think what the issue for many of us in our worry and anxiety is is that we don't change anything. We want to do things better and we want to be grateful, but we don't ever change anything. And so I want you to think about for a few moments, you know, what do I need to change? Where, you know, what is controlling my worry and what, therefore my worry is controlling me? Knowing the truth, as I've said, is not enough. It's one thing to know it and have that head knowledge. But you know, if we've been around for church for any amount of time, we know, as we've said, that you're not to worry, but we've got to take some actual practical steps if we're going to defeat this enemy of worry and anxiety because worry does not work. First one is this: talk to someone. I want to encourage you to talk to someone. You know what? Most of our worries, not all, but most of our worries. They're in here, right? We don't even a lot of times even vocalize them. They're just in our brains, just churning and spinning and in our gut, churning and spinning, and we don't say them out loud. And a lot of times when we say them out loud, then we even hear, man, that's crazy. But if you say it to somebody else, hopefully they'll have some tact, but they'll say, that's silly. Why are you worrying about that? It hasn't happened yet or or whatever applies. Talk to someone. Be practical about that. Find a trusted friend or go to a, I'm a big fan of Christian counseling. Go to Christian Counseling. I can recommend a very good one for you. I want you to check him out if you need to talk to someone. He does a great job. But talk to a trusted friend who knows God's Word or talk to a Christian counselor. The the next one is this, a practical thing you can do. Practice spiritual disciplines. Spend time in prayer. Spend time uh, even fasting, giving up food or giving up something to take time to pray and focus on God and help him to see you so you're not worried about so many other things. G- take time to study God's word every day. We are starting a new Bible reading plan tomorrow and guess what it deals with about anxiety and worry you got seven days to get into some scripture from God's word I encourage you to get on our church app and find that get on the Bible app you can find us and join along and read with us journal study God's word get into it and then I'm gonna say one more thing get help get help that's sort of talking to somebody that's a little bit of that but yes I want to say even doctors if you need to And I'm going to say something. Some people might not like this. Uh, You know, I don't know. There's going to be different people on different sides. But if you need to, seek medical treatment. There's no shame in that. There's not. You may need to. I, I will give you a couple of things to think about. You know, there are two extremes. Some people who are believers will say, oh, you don't have enough faith. But how many of those, if you get a cancer diagnosis, will say, oh, don't go to a doctor. Just pray more. Most of them won't, you know? So you may need to see a doctor. That's okay. That's okay. But I will say, you know, if you're early in your struggles, that may not be the first step that you go to because unfortunately, and I'm, I'm not a doctor, I'm not a doctor, none of that, uh, you understand what I'm saying? But a lot of times they just want to treat the symptoms and not the problem. And you got to treat the problem if you're ever going to be whole and healed completely. But it's okay to go talk to a doctor. It's okay to do that. But the important thing is dealing with your anxiety and your worry. It it requires a combination of relying on God and being practical and taking steps to do what God has given us the ability to do. We can seek peace and we can find it, even in the midst of struggles and fear, when we seek God first. I want to do something today as we wrap things up. I want us to get even more practical. I'm going to give you four more things that you can do. One of them I'm going to encourage you to do right here and right now. But one is pray. One is to pray because prayer is the most powerful thing that we have. And so start praying about your worries instead of just worrying about your worries. There's a difference, right? A lot of times we worry and we think we're praying, but we're not praying. Pray to God about your worries. Also, another thing you can do is make a gratitude list or a thankful list. You can do it on your phone. You can do it on a piece of paper, but write down things that you are thankful for so you can make yourself every day see that there are good things in your life that you're thankful for, and it helps reduce some of the power of some of those fears and worries. Or even journal if you really like to write or like to type it out on a, on a computer on your phone. Journal things. Write all these ideas down in your head. I, another, this might seem weird, but I started using it a while back. It's a God box. I've got a little box and I put God on it and I write down things that I'm worrying about and I put them in the God box because they're not mine, they're his. And a lot of times I have to go and remind myself, I open it back up and I read them because what I've done is without taking the paper out, I've actually sort of taken the paper out, you know what I'm saying? I've taken that thing back and so I'm like, oh, nope, that's yours. I put it back and I've done that. So make a God box if you need to do that, if that helps you. But then here's the last one I'm going to challenge you to do. I'm going to challenge you to talk and to pray with someone today. I've got three people that are going to be spread out amongst the room. We're going to have somebody kind of up here on one of the sides up front. We're going to have somebody there in the back. Um, It's going to be Joe and Steve and Laura. And if you just want somebody to pray for you, I want you to seek them out in the next few moments. We're going to play a song. We're going to sing. Nobody's going to be worrying about you, but you might just need to say what you're worried about. Or you might just simply need to say, just pray for me. You can't even say what it is. But you need to have somebody with skin on, praying for you and with you. And I'm going to ask you, don't make them feel lonely. (laughs) If you need it, you know you need it. I want you to seek them out. We're going to sing. We're going to worship. And if you need somebody to pray for you, I'm going to ask you to do just that. Church's Sermon Podcast. Want to learn more about us? You can do that by visiting our website at movementchristianchurch.com or on our app available on iOS and Android devices under Movement NCT.